0: Hey, this is Tim from Kalamunda Church of Christ, and today I hope that this podcast blesses you. If you are wanting to know anything more about our beautiful church, why don't you hop online and head to our website at colomunda.church. Right, it is my privilege and honor. My name is Luke, if you don't know. I should start with that. Hi. Hello. Um, But it is my privilege and honor to continue our look at the fruits of the Spirit in our Holy Spirit series. And I would ask you to guess which ones we're up to, but I think it's been spoiled. (laughs) So what fruits are we doing today, Church? Banana and apples. Banana and apples? Yeah? No. Goodness and faithfulness. And these are some heavy-hitting fruit, I must say. Like, we've had an amazing serious so far with so much life and so much encouragement to understand this very interesting dichotomy that is absolutely true. That the fruits of the Spirit, first and foremost, are produced within us by the Spirit. They are not our own strength. They are not our own ability. And I'm sure we all know for ourselves more than anyone else uh, how hard it is to produce perfect peace and perfect joy and perfect patience and perfect love. So, thanks be to God that He has sent His Spirit to do that work within us. But then, on the other hand, these are gifts to aspire towards, to engage with, and strive with. That uh, as we have engaged over the weeks, we have understood that we always have uh, well, when I spoke last, I called it veto power. That in every situation, no matter how embedded we are in relationship with God or, or not, as it may be, um, no matter how much we engage with these spirits we, uh, and these fruit and these giftings, we always have that option to say, yes, I'm going to act in love, I'm going to act in peace, I'm going to act in patience, or we have the option in any given situation to say no. And so that's that's the calling on us, is as the Spirit enables us and empowers us, it's going to become easier and easier, thank goodness, to say yes to the, to the loving acts of God. But we still have that choice. And so faithfulness and goodness, goodness and faithfulness, I'm actually going to switch the order of these today. So anyone who's taking notes, I'm sorry, you're going to have all of them in order of Galatians 5.22, and then it's going to get to goodness and faithfulness, and you're going to have to switch it. Or leave a gap, but then... How much of a gap do you leave? This is always the problem when taking notes. <laughs> um But yeah, I want to start with faithfulness. I'll tackle that first, and then we'll move on to goodness, if that's okay. Is that okay? Yeah. I haven't just done the terrible travesty by messing up the order. Well, to be, to be fair, um, Brad was originally going to speak on gentleness and self-control last week before he fell ill. So then it would have been really out of order. Um, but that didn't happen. Faithfulness. Now, we've heard the definition of faith many times. If you've been at church for more than a month, you've probably heard Hebrews 11.1, 1, which says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. But faithfulness is actually not faith. There is a difference. Sometimes we might think, okay, gift of uh, the fruit of, of faithfulness, or oh, that's just being full of faith. Yes, but also no. And that's part of what we're going to explore. You see, I'm going there, Nick. <laughs> faith is, uh, I like to think of it as that that energy boost of belief we, we get in those, those critical moments, those do or die situations where, where we really come to that, that uh, tip of the knife, and we have to say, I'm going to believe or I'm going to not believe now. And, in, and faith, while not mentioned in the fruits itself, faithfulness is what's mentioned, faith is essential to, to our Christian life, make no mistake. Uh, it is faith that begins and kickstarts our journey with God to say, yes, I believe not only that God exists, which in some ex- uh, extent is, is quite academic, but not only does God exist, but I believe, I have faith that he is who he says he is. He does what he says he does. His word is true, and he loves me. Because we can believe in a God, and we can believe that he hates us. And some people do that. And so there is there is a degree of faith there, but that's not, that's not the faith that, that, that God gives us to really kickstart our Christian walk. Faithfulness, uh, I have some definitions from... Uh, brief random googling, uh, which is unswerving adherence to a person or thing or to the oath or promise. And another definition, remaining loyal and steadfast. You see, faithfulness isn't so much a belief in as an unshakable, unswerving adherence to. And it's, it's a consistency of character, a consistency of action, a consistency of being based not in yourself, but based upon loyalty to something else. And God is faithful. I mean, God exhibits all of these fruits, but we we often do say God is faithful. What does that mean? That means that God is consistent in his character, His love doesn't rise and fall on the time of day or on how sinful we've been. His love is consistent, it's constant, it's faithful. His promises remain true. And it is actually because of the faithfulness of God that we can have faith in God. Because if God wasn't faithful... If we couldn't really know for sure, oh, is he going to do it this time? Is he going to love me now? Like, those promises are for then. All of these different things. If we can't rely on the character of God to be the character of God day in and day out, then it becomes so much harder to actually have faith that he will deliver his promise. It is the faithfulness of God that enables our faith and then it is our faith that kickstarts our faithfulness. So, our faithfulness, if God's faithfulness is to be unchanging, now He's not unchanging beholden to anyone else. His faithfulness is slightly different. His loyalty is to His own character, His own goodness. Um, but our loyalty is to Him. So, we behold the unchanging nature of God. We behold His goodness day in and day out. And as we believe and trust that in faith, the Spirit produces that same consistent character within us, and that is the fruit of faithfulness. And this, I mean, we we uh, I think Brad in in one of the earlier weeks uh, said that it's not so much the fruits of the Spirit as it is the fruit that all of these are interconnected, intertwined, and we don't really get to pick and choose, oh, I'll take the fruit of joy and the fruit of... Joy is great. I'll definitely take joy. I'll take a bit of peace, but I'm definitely just going to leave self-control for someone else. Um, No, as the Spirit produces this within us, they're all all coming or they're all going. That's how it's going to (laughs) work, right? And so faithfulness is great as a fruit of the Spirit because all of these other things, love, joy, peace... Like, we can engage with them some of the time, and in fact, we all do some of the time, but it is the fruit of faithfulness that will say to our spirit all of these things, all of this character, this Christianness, this being God like, let's do that all the time. Let's not do that when we feel like it, let's not do that when it's convenient, let's not do that when it gets us something, but let's display the love of God as often as God displays the love of God, which is always. And that is then, so when you are faithful, other people will look at you and they will behold that it is consistent. They will behold that it remains and then they can have trust in you because you, like again, like at the highest of the mountain, at the lowest of the valley, we're showing that light of God. And it's not easy, and none of us do it perfectly yet, because this is a journey that we're all going on in the Spirit. So if you're sitting back thinking, okay, well, yeah, I'm not consistently showing perfect love and patience. I I know. (laughs) I'm not. I'm not perfectly loving yet, and I'm not going to become perfectly loving through my own strength. I have to make the choices, and I... Hope that I make the choices more and more often as the Spirit enables me. As the Spirit enables us. And so this is faithfulness. And so I have four points uh, that hopefully won't take as long as I think they will. Um, Four points on faithfulness, and then we'll move on to goodness. And these points, they're very similar to each other. And they're basically saying what I've already... Uh, given to you in in slightly more focused ways and slightly more specific ways, but they all overlap, they all connect. The first, faithfulness is consistent. So I've already said it, but faithfulness is consistent. The faithfulness that we strive for, the faithfulness that is produced within us is consistent. In Daniel chapter 6, verse 10, uh, the law has just been passed by the king, that for 30 days you're only allowed to pray to the king of Babylon. You're not allowed to pray to any other king or any other god. And in verse 10 we read, when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room, with its windows open towards Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. Usually, when I have read this in the past, I've read, and I've understood, okay, the bad law has been passed, so Daniel goes and he prays about it. Which makes sense. Something bad's happening, a storm's on the horizon, actually it's here, so, so Daniel's gone off and he's prayed. And that's true, it's a correct chronological ordering of events, but it misses something in the intent of Daniel. See, Daniel didn't pray because the law had been passed. He prayed because that's what he always did. Right? And I've missed that in the past, but Daniel prayed because that's what he always did. The law wasn't going to change him. Monday wasn't going to be different from Tuesday. And this this is perhaps a way to put it. When the faithless person, so someone without any faith, without any faithfulness, when the faithless person stops seeing God, they're going to stop saying God. So if they, if they don't see God in their life, if they don't see his works, if they don't see his truth, they're not going to pray to him, they're not going to talk to him, unless maybe to, to shout at him and curse him. Then if they stop seeing God, they're going to stop saying God. When the faith filled person, so this is not faithfulness just yet, this is someone filled with belief, filled with faith, filled with fervor. Great great thing, by the way. I'm not, not going to critique that at all. But when the faith-filled person stops seeing God, they start proclaiming God. And sometimes that's what we can be like. We wait until the storm to start praying. We wait until it's really bad to get on our knees. And again, if, if that's what it takes... Great, because now, now you're praying to God, and, and you're in that moment, and um, that's, that's wonderful. But the faithful person, this, what the Spirit eagerly desires to produce within us, the faithful person stops seeing God, and nothing changes. Because they've been praying the whole time, the whole time. That is faithfulness consistent engagement with the fruits, consistent engagement with God. Because until, this is, this is faithfulness in a, in a nutshell. If God's not changing, I'm not changing. That's the proclamation of faithfulness. If God's still loving, I'm still loving. If God's still good, then I still have hope. And God, well, we say uh, God is good all the time and all the time, God is good. So faithfulness is consistent, Faithfulness is also resistant. Again, similar, slightly different focus. In Job uh, chapter 1, verse 20 to 21, Job has just lost everything. He's just lost his uh, wealth. He's just lost his family. Everything has been taken away from him. And he, it says in verse 20, Then Job arose, tore his robe, shaved his head, and he fell to the ground and worshipped. And he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Faithfulness is resistant to everything that life throws at it. To to again say that faithfulness, as it supports these other fruits, it doesn't matter, as I've said, it doesn't matter if you're at the heights or in the depths. But the love of God that is within you is still going to shine. The joy, the peace is still going to shine. And again, we, we can think, oh, that just sounds so impossible. It is in our own strength. But the Spirit enables us as we believe, as we seek, as we engage. The last sermon I had on the Holy Spirit was about that fellowship where we can engage with the Spirit so that the opportunity arises and we leave that space for the production of these wonderful fruits and gifts. You see, it's so easy when we've had a re- a, just a, a terrible day to be short with people, to be to snap. Like sometimes, and I, this is myself as well, youth leaders, but we, we know and we've seen it in our fellow leaders that sometimes we come to youth and we are just not in it. And, and we suffer, we annoy our fellow leaders, we annoy the kids because we're just not showing that love and it's okay and we can be tolerant of that and we can be gracious to ourselves because again it's not it's not something that we're perfect at it's something that we're journeying towards but faithfulness as it is produced within us is going to become and we are going to become more and more as we go through this journey with God we're going to become more and more resistant to those days that people are going to look and they're going to say wait a second you've just had a terrible day but you're still loving on me, you're still serving me, you're still pouring out, what do you have that I want? And that, I think it's on those worst days, when we show that faithful consistency, that faithful resistance, that is when the non-Christian world is going to see that light the brightest. When they see, not just that they've gone through bad stuff, but they see, you've gone through some terrible things, and yet you still raise your hands? You still get on your knees, and you still love me in my situation. And that's, that's it's not just what we, we can be challenged and encouraged to strive towards, but we can, we can say, thank you, God, that, that I see this ideal, I see this virtuous person in my imagination, or I see the character of Jesus, and I see that this is how he acts, and I thank you so much, God, that this is who you want me to become and this is who you are making me become as I trust in you. How good? (laughs) How good is that? But faithfulness, consistent, resistant. Also, faithfulness is persistent. Faithfulness is persistent. Uh, A few years ago, one of my jobs that I had was working for our lovely elder, Mr. Tim Peters, in his orchard. And... Uh, so, I would do lots of different tasks like weeding and watering, uh, or checking the retic was, was not chewed up by the, the rabbits, or um, fertilizing all the, all the fruit trees. And in the winter, I mean, the trees, they're, they're just sticks, really. They've got no leaves, they've got no flowers, they've got no fruit. And so, my task is to weed, to water, to fertilize, and to wait and a few weeks go by and i'm doing this every week and i'm weeding and i'm watering and i'm fertilizing and i'm waiting and then i'm like what i want my end goal right is the harvest is the fruit that's what i want i mean i don't i i don't get the the money i just get paid regardless cuz i'm just working for hours but you know, when the fruit comes, I do get to sneak a few off the tree and eat them. So I'm, I'm looking forward to the harvest. But also, that's what Mr. Peters wants, right? Like, he's got an orchard. He wants the harvest so that he can sell the fruit and get the reward. And so spring starts to come in, and the leaves appear on the trees. But there's no fruit yet. But I water, I weed, I fertilize, I wait. And then the flowers arrive, and they're pretty, but they're not fruit. I'm not going to eat them. I mean, I I could try. Um, (laughs) And I weed, I fertilize, I water, I wait. And then the fruit arrives, but it's all small and green. And I weed, and I water, and I fertilize, and I wait. And then uh, finally, the harvest arrives. Faithfulness keeps the character of God keeps the fruits of the Spirit, keeps praying, keeps seeking, even in the middle of the winter. Faithfulness will continue. It won't go up and down. It won't increase or decrease. Well, actually, I hope just daily that we increase in our disciplines and in our seeking. But all the way until the harvest, and see, sometimes that can be quite an active waiting. Like with the orchard, I've got a lot of work to be done. Sometimes it's a very inactive waiting, and that can be the hardest of all. To stay faithful when all God needs you to do is wait for his timing. And see, I know it's, it's quite easy with the fruit trees because I've seen it done before. It happens every year the fruit comes. And I know how fruit trees work reasonably. Um, I know that, you know, the, the leaves come, then the flowers come, then the fruit comes. I, I know the process, and so that gives me that foundation to continue my task even when I don't see fruit. I don't see the fruit in the winter, but I see, I know what's happening, I know what's going to happen. Oh, wait, but that's, that's exactly what we have with God as well. <laughs> We've seen him work in our lives before. We've seen him work in scripture. We have the download from the Bible of this is the character. This is the faithful, unchanging character. So when we don't see what we think we're supposed to see, let's be faithful. Because God has not changed. God's miracles are still moving. And that harvest will come. In Leviticus 19, the Israelites have just entered the promised land. Well, actually, no, sorry. This is instructions for when they enter the promised land. When you enter the land and plant any kind of fruit tree, regard its fruit as forbidden. For three years you are to consider it forbidden. It must not be eaten. In the fourth year, all its fruit will be holy, an offering of praise to the Lord. But in the fifth year, you may eat its fruit. In this way, your harvest will be increased. I am the Lord your God. And so, as the Israelites entered and they're planting fruit trees, leaving them for a few years is just a sound, uh, botanical, scientific principle, that it allows the trees to grow bigger and the harvest is going to increase if you just let them do their thing instead of just destroying the natural resources of the land as soon as you enter. So it's, it's scientific, but it's also a principle, again, on faithfulness, that if we wait, if we wait and we don't rush, if we don't give up, because those Israelites, they would have had to have tended those trees for four years, and they would see the fruit every year, and they're like, "I've just put all this work in all year, and I'm still not allowed to eat that fruit." Because God said, "Wait." And faithfulness says, "Maybe I do understand, maybe I don't, but I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait on the Lord." There, waiting on God is just as important to godly living as acting for God. And acting for God is very visible, it's very results-driven, we can see it work, we can see it happen, but waiting on God is just as powerful, because God is the one who really brings the strength to any action that we do. (laughs) It's not about us, it's not about how we act, Our faithfulness shows us that it's all about trusting in God. And lastly, for faithfulness, faithfulness is obedient. And just like persistence, obedience can be quite tricky at times. In Numbers 9, uh, it says, Whether the cloud stayed over the tabernacle for two days, or a month, or a year... The Israelites would remain in camp and not set out. But when it lifted, they would set out. At the Lord's command, they encamped. At the Lord's command, they set out. They obeyed the Lord's order in accordance with his command through Moses. Faithfulness says, again, it's, it's all about this. I'm saying the same thing many ways, and maybe you're getting a bit bored of it. Maybe also it'll help you remember <laughs> that it's the same Faithfulness says, I'm going to love God and I'm going to seek God and I'm going to love others until God changes, until God tells me no, until God tells me stop, until the world rolls up in a scroll and heaven and earth are remade and even afterwards, I'm going to love God and I'm going to exhibit these fruits as best as I am able. And with, with the Israelites, like they were wandering the desert for a while, they're like, scientists have, have uh, sorry, historians have, have done, the, done the math, and atheists have made jokes of, like, it's only so many kilometers, and they're walking, like, maybe it takes them a month, and they were stuck 40 years. Like, come on, Christianity, what's going on with that? But the Israelites were obedient, well, they made many mistakes of disobedience, uh, But with this, they were obedient to God. When God... And and there's an important distinction here. If they disobeyed God and they left when the cloud didn't leave, or they stayed when the cloud did, the main symptom of their disobedience was this. God would not be with them. If they moved on and the cloud stayed, they're moving out from not just the plan of God, not just the will of God, but they're moving away from the presence of God. But they were faithfully obedient. They said, until this cloud moves, I'm staying here. And when that cloud moves, I'm going, because I don't want to miss out on what God's got for my life. And that is the strength of faithfulness that the Spirit produces in us. Uh, And I've, I've got here, yeah, I've got that up there. We love to trust that God is in control of our lives. And what I mean by this is we love to, to lay things on the altar and say, here, have this problem. Uh, I hope that you deal with it. Have this, have this external thing. Have this sickness. Have this financial problem. Have this friend situation. And take it and use it and work it to your good. But it's a whole nother ballpark just to give God control of ourselves. To say how do I put this? That that it can be, I mean, it can be difficult at times, but it's so much easier, I find, to say, God, here's something that I'm supposed to give to you, so I don't want anything to do with it anymore. I'm just going to take it and leave it, and I'm not really going to change how I think. I'm not going to truly change how I act. I just want you to solve the situation. But sometimes, what we really need to do is give God control of ourselves which is to say God whatever you say if you say cut this thing out I'm cutting it out if you say give this thing here I'm giving it here if and not knowing what's going to happen not knowing the result but again because we can trust the character of God it doesn't matter how much we know or we do not know because we know the only thing that matters God is for us God is loving us. God has saved us. And all that he tells us to do is encapsulated in that truth. And we can rely on that. If we trust him and his faithfulness, then we will faithfully, consistently obey him. We'll move on to goodness now. And goodness... It's another heavy hitter, in my opinion. And I'm going to look at two main aspects. The first is to define goodness as a zeal for helping and loving others. And this is a beautiful fruit, this one. And again, it, it comes part and parcel with all the others that the Spirit produces in us as we journey. But we have this Greek word that I will pronounce, a Agathosune. Um, and that's just how we're going to leave it. <laughs> and this, uh, directly translated, is goodness. But some uh, linguists have, and translators have added some more to that. And so some definitions that I've, that I've found and researched is to, to define this goodness as not just being good, but as, in, in more words, virtue equipped at every point. And this second one, character energised, expressing itself in active good. See, when I was looking into these fruits and I was looking into the fruit of goodness, which on the surface I kind of look at it and it says, okay, it's just be a good person. I mean, you kind of do that when you're loving. You kind of do that when you're joyful. But I don't know. That's, it's, it's not very digestible, there's not a lot to go on there. But a lot of what I found in my research was that this goodness in Galatians 5.22, as it talks about the fruits of the Spirit, this is very much an active good. But not just an active good, there's something else in there that we need to pull out. And so to do that, um, we we had the little offering slide up as Chris was giving announcements. And so, who remembers the four ways to give? Tim, what's one of the ways? Bank transfer. Love it. Tidely app, yep. Cash, I heard over here. There was one more, wasn't there? Cash box. Wait, cash. FPOS. FPOS, that's the one. Tidely, FPOS, bank transfer, cash. Wonderful. Those are not the four ways to give in this church. Sorry, you got it wrong. There are four ways to give in this church. You can give ignorantly. Which means, uh, as the welcome team welcomed you, they also took your wallet out of your back pocket. They slipped a note out, and then they slipped the wallet back in as they were giving you that welcome hug. Yeah, you may, you may receive a little communion thing, but you, you lose so much more. Um, so you can give ignorantly. You don't even know that it's happened. You can give accidentally. That means you tripped and fell and your card hit that FPOS machine at the generosity station and suddenly you're down a hundred bucks. You're aware that it happened, but you definitely didn't intend it. Like, is there an undo button on that thing, or is that just... Um, you can also give, and this is, this is much more probable than those first two, you can give reluctantly. The church tax, yeah. <laughs> Only we don't get a return at tax time. So it's worse than regular tax. <laughs> the church tax. Or, who can guess the fourth one? Generously, cheerfully. Cheerfully is the word I'll use here. But yes, we can give cheerfully. Ignorantly, accidentally, reluctantly, or cheerfully. We'll see if that's on the slides next week. But... Um, <laughs> This is exactly the same for all good actions. Like, you can be kind to someone and not even know it. You can be kind to someone, and you're like, oh, didn't mean that, but I'll take it. You can be kind to someone because your mum and dad said so. Right? (laughs) Or you can be kind to someone because you want to, because it energizes you inside to see that good, to see that love upon that person. That's how God loves us, make no mistake. God doesn't love us on accident. He doesn't love us without noticing. He doesn't love us because he has to. He loves us because he gets to. And that's the love, that's the fruit, that's the goodness that the Spirit produces in us. I, um, I've uh, spent the last little while thinking about a, a birthday gift for a friend of mine. I'm not going to say who it is. It's, it's none of you guys. Don't worry. I don't. I don't care about you. Um, but, <laughs> but I, like, sometimes I, I really struggle with getting people gifts. But this gift, I thought about over a period of time. I planned it. I designed it. I got it done, and now it's sitting in my room, just waiting for this friend's birthday. And I'm so excited, because I know that this friend is going to absolutely love this gift, and that makes me happy. It doesn't matter that it was me that did it. It doesn't matter that that it was me that paid for it. What matters is that smile on their face when they unwrap it in a few months' time. And I, I did this early because I was like, I have no clue how long shipping's gonna take because sometimes it just takes forever. But, um, but also because I just couldn't wait. I'm like, I need to get this done because I'm so excited. Uh, I might have to message them and say like, so you know how you were born on this day? Can we just pretend that was three months earlier? <laughs> um, but how good is it? How good is it to give a good gift? We all know the feeling. And again, sometimes we give gifts and it's out of duty. And sometimes we, you know, it's, it's, it's a real effort. But there are those moments where we find that gift for that person. We've put a little bit of thought in. And we're just like, I'm so excited for how they're going to feel. And, and it, doesn't, it doesn't matter about us anymore. That is goodness. That is the fruit that we have, the fruit that we get to choose to engage with. And moving on to the second aspect, true goodness cannot flow from us unless the Holy Spirit has first produced goodness in us. In Luke chapter 6, and we were actually, Laz mentioned this up on the balcony this morning. uh, No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And we have this very uh, sobering truth that each of us, when we analyze our lives, we're not very good trees. Goodness is a standard. In Mark ten eighteen, Jesus answers the rich young man. He says, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God. Now Jesus was in fact God, and was in fact good, but he was creating a point here. No one is good. You can do those commandments that you faithfully followed, but you're missing out on that one thing which is to follow me because only one thing is good and that is God and so this is involved in our fruit of goodness just as much as that that zealous desire to help is involved and it is it is the Christian truth and, and so when we've said all throughout this series that we cannot do these fruits on our own, they have to be produced by the Spirit within us as we engage and as we believe and as we create that space and that relationship. For goodness, this is true most of all. God is good. God is that good tree. But he has given us the opportunity to be grafted in. To be taken a wild branch from a wild tree, as the scripture says, and grafted in to this good tree, which produces good fruit. And so we cannot, we can do it little bits here and there, if, you're, if you don't believe in God, you can be loving here and there, peaceful here and there. But the truth of this life is that true, complete, perfect goodness cannot come out of us to others until we first take the one who is true goodness into ourselves to make us new, to make us clean and transformed and grafted into that good tree. Because in Jesus' name, we are no longer rotten trees with rotten fruit, though sometimes we do still find rotten fruit on our vine. But the truth of Scripture is that we are now part of the good vine, which bears Good fruit, And if you are uh, doubting yourself this morning, but you believe in God, this is the truth of which you can be assured. You are part of the good vine, which means as a symptom of being, you will produce good fruit. So if, if that's a question for you this morning, that you sit and you think, um, like, I believe in God, but I just can't do anything right. God's grace says otherwise. God's grace says otherwise. If I could get the band up, please. I did have, just along with Mark 10:18, I had Ecclesiastes 7:20. "Indeed, there is no one on earth who is righteous, no one who does what is right and never sins." And Paul looks back to that Ecclesiastes scripture in Romans three, when he says, "Now we know that whatever the law says." It says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. Verse 21. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness the goodness of God has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. The righteousness, the goodness, is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God Sometimes we read that Romans 3.23 and we just kind of move on. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But verse 24 comes. And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Goodness is being offered to us today. And this offer is from the faithful God who does not change his mind, who does not extend his hand one morning and retract it the next, who does not wait for us to reach a certain bar of expectation before he comes the rest of the way. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This is love. That's what the scripture says. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so as we we go back into a time of worship, and we open the altar to prayer of all kinds for whatever you're needing. Maybe today you feel uh, challenged by consistency. And you think, I'm, I'm loving on my good days, uh, and I'm a good husband or a good wife on my good days, but lately it's been a bunch of bad days and I'm, I'm really just, I'm just sowing the wrong kind of seed, the wrong kind of fruit is coming off of me. And I want that faithful consistency. Then please, God's here to start that transformation, to move with his spirit and, and our team is eager to pray with you. Maybe today, you want a little bit of that zealous goodness, that energy inside, that you would see something broken in the world. And instead of saying, oh, I'm a Christian. I guess I have to help fix that. You would say, I'm a Christian. I've got the power and the love of God within me. Let's fix that. Let's bring love and life to that person over there because I can see that they're hurting. And in Jesus' name, that's not acceptable. <laughs> if, if you want a renewal and a resurgence of that this morning, God's got it for you. If you want a renewal and a resurgence of that tomorrow, God's got it for you then and you can pray then. <laughs> but there is a special space here this morning if you desire that today. And lastly, if you struggle with your goodness to say and recognize that you have been made new in God, that His goodness, because we cannot be good on our own, that His goodness is for us a gift to take, freely given, freely, but also incredibly costly as Jesus laid down His life. Maybe maybe you've, you've never said yes to God maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus yet well I encourage you today that I'm going to be here just come up to me and just ignore everyone else but just come up to me and say hey Luke I'm not good I'm a sinner but I see now that God is good And I want the goodness, the freedom that He offers, because He does. He offers it to us all to take our rotten fruit and put it on Himself. That we may be seen as clean and as righteous in the eyes of God the Father. And so with those three things in mind and the encouragement of the word today, the fruit that we have the joy of of living out. I'm gonna pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. I thank you that you have done it all. I thank you that you see me and you love me. And at the end of the day, that is the simplicity of your beautiful love. You see me, you love me. There are no conditions, there are no time stamps. It's not a past thing or a future thing, it's an every time, it's an always, it's a before I was formed. You saw me, and you loved me. For that, we give you worship today. For that, we come again to your cross, to your altar, and we say, start the work in us, that we would be faithful as you are faithful, that we would be good as you are good, that others may taste and see the glory of God, the goodness of God, as they behold our lives, as we reflect the light of Jesus into a broken world. In Jesus' name, amen.